0: Prison Colony Resistance is brought to you by Sam and the Vaxman Productions.
1: Prison Colony Resistance you come to get your PCR tests for, for true. True.
2: Do you think they'll try to break my balls?
0: back to prison colony resistance this is the vax man coming at you no it's not mother i know you guys are wanting to talk to mom right now we all need that bit of comfort from home but no, it's the vax man coming at you comforting you tonight in your lonely hours of need and desperation in this resistance when we're hunkered down under a cyber attack and nuclear weapons are outside exploding everywhere we're here with you in the basement, surviving together, bringing you news of the resistance. But it's not just me bringing that news to you. I come in a package form, and my other half, my better half, some people say, is none other than the best co-host in the business, Sam.
3: Oh, that was a bit of a, a bit of a low key song tonight, wasn't it? Hmm. A nice. few little, few little subliminal kind of undertones. I liked it. I think that was. I think that was quite quite good. Uh, so hey, second time today that we're we're doing this.
0: It's like uh, you're rubber and I'm glue, and we just stick together, you know.
3: <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, so we had the the pleasure of interviewing survivalist extraordinaire Trevor Andre today. Geez, yeah. he was all right, wasn't he? He, he was great. Yeah, man, he's got some. He's got some good skills, doesn't he?
0: He really lays it out too. He, he like um, gives you practical information, and he's always thinking like an, a, on a cost benefit ratio because he's always thinking, look, you might have tons of money, but I'm gonna assume that you're dead broke. So here's what you can do for five bucks that'll get you fed through, uh, you know, the nuclear winter. <laughs> Maybe not that bad, but he does teach you <laughs> some really good tricks, you know.
3: Yeah, it's true, man. He was good. Really enjoyed him. Um, yeah, it was good. Good to catch up with him, and and hopefully we can can catch up with him in a couple of weeks and he can give us some more advice Absolutely. depending if we depending if we have power
0: or not <laughs> we hope so we're not under cyber attack um his uh, his well, website is survival shop that's a uh, survival shop preppers and you can go there and he's got an awesome five module course for only one dollar so, um, and he give, he really lays it out in very practical steps. Like I was very impressed when he was talking about collecting barbecues on the side of the road, getting the hot plate out, getting free bricks from a construction site that maybe maybe not up to, to you know scratch, and they're just kind of throwing them out, and you just swing by, grab them, and boom, you have yourself an oven, a barbecue, amazing, hey man,
3: very very you know don't worry about bad grills, this this guy's the real deal.
0: For sure. And even tells you how to make a sunlight oven. So here's a little bit of uh, the information that Trevor shared with us. So just so you have a little idea of the kind of information that Trevor has and is willing to share to everyone in the world, five modules, about four hours of information for only $1. That's insane. You can't get that kind of deal on the internet. And here's a little snippet of the kind of information that you'll receive.
4: other tricks right you ready because I know you guys are into this stuff right so eggs coagulate at 80 degrees right that means they go hard at 80 degrees I don't need to go to full boiling temperature now this is gonna blow your mind you ready yeah a normal glass window pane right if I can tell you one thing in life I will fucking beat anybody that comes up against me at hard rubbish finds. I am the king, but it's okay. I'm willing to share my knowledge, right? When you go to hard rubbish, when you see hard rubbish, right? Now, if you're in Melbourne, Brunswick, that's the place you want to go hard rubbish, right? In, in, In Adelaide, Henley Beach, that's the place you want to go heart rubbish. You even end up getting your kid like a GT BMX bike because some dildo doesn't know how to fix a freaking $3 flat tire. That's where I $300 bike. It's amazing. I've done it millions of times.
0: Yeah, plasma but, TVs, everything.
4: Oh, mate, it's crazy, right? But what you want to get yourself is you want to get yourself a glass window pane. Get yourself a glass window pane. Get yourself a nice cardboard box, right? Get yourself some of that, that foam. Right, you know, the thin, flat, flat the foam that they pack, like, again, that they, they pack those uh, flat screen TVs in. Get yourself the thin sheets of foam. Right, get yourself some alpha. Line the inside of that cardboard box with the foam. Right, you can either just paint that black, right, with art paint, right, non-toxic art paint. The same shit that you buy from the Reject Drop for two bucks. Perfect. Get that, paint it all black. The idea is it's gonna be a heat trap, right? If you want to put foil and stuff like that, there's a myriad of designs you can do. Simple's good. The key to this, the glass window pane goes on top of the box. Guess what you got yourself? Solar oven. Now, this is going to blow your mind. Get eight eggs. Get yourself some zucchini and stuff. Now, if you're really, really, really smart, you're going to have yourself lots of jars of things like sun-dried tomatoes, eggplant. Here's a good recipe for eggplant, right? I used to get from Jepp's Cost. I used to get like 10 kilo bags of eggplants for like six bucks just before closing. Go and slice it all up. Get the biggest pot that you can find, right? Boil it down with salt and vinegar. Stick it in the jar. If you want to put some olive oil, wonderful. Make yourself all the different crazy varieties of capsicums and onions and whatever you can in big, wide-mouth jars. Then whenever you're going to cook anything, you just get your soup ladle, and you've got yourself everything that you want. There's your cooking oil from your nice Romano olive oil that you got from Buddy Audi. You got veggies, you got... And it's the tastiest shit in the world. Like, this is the stuff you pay 40 50 60 bucks a kilo for, mm. and you're going to do it for 4 5 or $6 a kilo at the most. At the most, maybe cheaper, including the oil, right? Now, what you want to do is you want to sit there and make quiches and stuff that you can cook in the sun. You can get your little base... Get your little weight all of stuff out, get some eggs, crack it, mix it all around, stick it in the sun. Now, in Adelaide, for example, on a 23 degree, slightly overcast day, that box is still going to get up to nearly 90 degrees inside and your eggs coagulate at 80 degrees. What that means is you come home from work, at 5.45pm. You take the lid, which is your, your glass panel off the top of your box, it's been in full sun all day, like on the top of like your shed roof or something, and the steam will rise out of it, and you sit down and you eat the food. And guess how much that
0: electricity costs you? Nothing. Nothing. the sun. Whoa! That's how I'm gonna be cooking my pizzas from the in the near future, Sam.
3: Well, look, I, well, I think what I was taken most with with Trevor was the fact that he's just so open and willing to teach anyone this kind of stuff. Doesn't matter your beliefs or where you are where you're from how much money you got he just wants to teach and you can tell he's passionate about that and that that's 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 amazing
0: absolutely and he did mention the the cyber attacks in the interview so he he's clued in he like even though he's um off the grid as he says um he's the kind of guy who turns off his power for fun for a whole year turns off his water <laughs> for fun for three months just to test it fun.
3: out <laughs> just to test it out man that's um yeah that's next level isn't it
0: so he's out well, there living in the the grampians in uh in victoria and um he's setting up a sort of you know a, a business where school. you can come a yeah. prepper school you can come and learn how to yeah. do uh, basic survival skills so yeah. um he did mention, even though he is off grid, he is still clued into what's happening. And he was saying, hmm, these cyber attacks that are coming. And we did discuss that in the previous episode, how Klaus and Hillary and uh, CNN and MSNBC keep talking and talking and talking about a cyber attack.
3: That's true. Now, look, just, just before we go on, full disclosure, what did we do? Because we actually... We were in the same room when we interviewed Trevor. What happened after the interview? What did we do?
0: I thought we weren't going to talk about that. So no, that's just well, we need to talk about that.
3: Well, you know, you've. You you've know, the missus
0: may be listening there.
3: You've been talking about riding 100Ks a day and, and you've been bugging me and bugging me. Let's come on, man. Let's go for a, go for a ride. Let's go for a ride. Now, first fuck you. Um, because I am incredibly fucking sore right now, um, you have a few years on me, right? And I'm, I'm I'm quite happy to say that because it's the truth. Um, and like you're a lawyer, you sit behind a desk, man. You should not be outperforming me. I'm sorry. That's, yeah, man. That I left, even...
0: you <laughs> left you in the dust. I was like looking back, where the heck's
3: jeez, I literally, and I, I'm going to be feeling this for a few days let me tell you okay let's start this let's let's get on with it what well do now we i
0: know now i know sam this that was a test today because if we do get cyber attacked and we're living in the wild and all we got is our push bikes to to move us along because we can't even afford horses to feed them i need to know that you can keep pace mate
3: man I had a fucking miniature poodle <laughs> keeping up with me like seriously <laughs> of, i was just oh man it was you, you seriously <laughs> opened my eyes to how incredibly unfit i am <laughs> so thank you i guess
0: sure sam it's all in preparation for what's coming for the resistance yeah oh, yeah so uh, so here's klaus he keeps talking about this freaking thing and and you know it's like um what's going on so has it happened yet like they keep talking about it and here's what i saw in the bbc sam check this out <laughs> It says, this is BBC News, on the 3rd of February. So this was way back, right? Like This was a little bit before the war started. I guess this was just like kind of, you know, maybe testing the waters or maybe, you know, kind of setting up the narrative. But it says, European oil facilities hit by cyber attacks on the 3rd of February. IT systems have been disrupted at oil tanking in Germany. SEA Invest in Belgium and Evos in the Netherlands. And we do know where the EU gets more, uh, most of their gas and oil from. Mm-hmm. Gazprom,
5: Putin's, Comrade Putin's uh, state-owned nationalized businesses.
3: Well, certainly an interesting target. Um, but did anything really come from that? Or is it just a matter of sowing the seeds and getting people used to the idea that, hey, this thing, these kind of things, these kind of events are going to be coming more frequent? So I what, what right so like what I've mm. noticed in the the very little bits of, of mainstream media that I kind of digest or that it's about all I can fucking digest is tiny bits of, of the mainstream media is you have you know these major channels now, not just here but worldwide actually freely talking about cyber attacks. So they're almost planting the seed and getting everyone ready and everyone kind of thinking about it. And then when it happens, like, wow, oh, I saw that on the news, man. So, yeah, like that was always going to happen. That, that dude over in Russia just is completely fucking us now because, you know, I can't check Twitter.
0: Yeah, exactly. This is how I would see it. You just got divorced, you know, midlife crisis or something like that. And now you're in like the, the divorce guy hotel. Right. The, the the wife and kids kept the house. You're in the divorce guy hotel. And it's it's a cockroach trap, right? So the first cockroach you see, obviously that's their house. And here you're the one visiting. And you arrive to their house, and the first cockroach that you see, you freak out. Oh my God, it's a, it's a fucking and you grab the shoe and stomp it to dead ah, or you take it outside or whatever. You're freaked out. And then the second cockroach, two minutes later comes out, you go, whoa. And then the third and the fourth, and you realize, oh, this is a common occurrence. So by the 10th or by the 11th or by the 12th cockroach coming out of the walls, you're kind of used to it by then. And that's exactly that's a, what's happening, man. Predictive yeah, that's programming.
3: A, that, that's predictive programming. Absolutely. That's, um, yeah, it's a very, very good way to put it. Good analogy with the cockroaches.
0: <laughs> that's what I think of the WEF, man. Oh, they drive me nuts. Um, oh, well,
3: like they're not going anywhere, are they? Um, and they're, they're quite happy to, to tell everyone what they want and look some some might say hey look man you're being completely fucking okay you're being completely fucking paranoid about this kind of stuff well you've obviously heard of the great reset
0: i have yes
3: so and i would assume most of our listeners have heard of that as well
0: now this is the campaign with the guy with that big broad smile and the caption says you'll own nothing and be happy yeah exactly that that in a way is sort of predictive programming putting that thought in your head that by owning nothing i'm gonna be happy
3: yeah that's well that's it all right so for those of you who are still a little you know uh unsure about what the the wef have in store well just just take a listen to this
6: for those who think the great reset is not going to control every aspect of your life let me give you a couple of things they are now taking the next step to shape global regional and industry agendas end quote uh with a new digital id system under the framework the wef proposes collecting data from many aspects of people's everyday lives that's a quote through their devices telecommunication networks and third-party service providers the wef suggests that this data collection dragnet would allow a digital id now listen to this it's very narrow it would allow a digital id to scoop up data on people's online behavior purchase history network usage, credit history, biometrics, names, national identity numbers, and medical history. Plus, your travel history, social accounts, e-government accounts, bank accounts, energy uses, health stats, education, and I love this one, and more. What's left? Once the digital ID has access to this huge, highly personal set of data, the WEF proposes using it to decide whether users are allowed to, quote, own and use devices, quote, open bank accounts, quote, carry out online financial transactions, quote, conduct business transaction, quote, access insurance and treatment, book trips, Still quoting, go through border control between countries or regions. Still quoting, access third-party services that rely on social media logins, file taxes, vote, collect benefits, end quote. So, you know that little, that passport that they gave you? It was so crazy to think that maybe that COVID passport might grow into something Oh, exactly like this.
3: So how about that? Basically, what we thought from the start, because we were, I guess, uh, fortunate enough to be in the orbit of this information. And we've been telling people, nah, man, look, this shit's going to end up like this, this and this. Well, look at that. That's
7: mm. what they
3: want. This is what they want. And that's what they're gunning for. Could you imagine? I mean, look, we've we've said it before, man. You know, he used the um the example of the guy in China gets on a bus, can't buy a bus ticket because he's just jaywalked. And the cameras have seen him and gone right, fuck it. You're done. This is where we're going.
0: It's all it's all um it's a very complex where, this system. Is where,
3: this is where they want us to go.
0: Yeah. And it's all, it's a very complex system of control because um, it is a digital, digital identity. And Scott Morrison, in his little speech that he gave to the WEF, he was saying, this is a way to reduce trolls, anonymous trolls online. So when you log on to the internet, you have to put in your digital ID so they know exactly who's on. It's kind of like that minority report movie with uh, Tom Cruise people's eyeballs are their identity. So if you can switch Mm -hmm. that, so if you steal someone's digital identity, you hack their number, you are now them online. That's the weak part of this thing, right? But other than that, most people are very compliant. So most people will log on with their little number and then from then, from that moment forward, anything that they do online will be monitored. And it has to be monitored by a very complex set of algorithms that are controlling what they can see what they can't see the same algorithms that are establishing any any mention of covid or any mention of ivermectin or any mention of the 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 great reset is then censored across their platforms and all of that is done with algorithms with artificial intelligence these programs that are learning the more and more that they do the more they, they practice the more that they learn they also have cameras that they run, that the artificial intelligence, and it's learned to recognize faces, it's learned to recognize walks, the way you move, the way your hips move, the way your head bobs up and down when you walk, your facial structure, and they can link it to any number of photographs that you have throughout the government database So then the government has all this other information on you in terms of like what medicines you need subsidized and what criminal record do you have and how many uh, defaults have you had. And all of that information is kept by them. And the ATO has direct access to all of your bank accounts. So you're done, baby, you're done. There is no hiding. They got you under their thumb.
3: I mean, it's it's pretty nice of them to actually tell us what direction they're going like they're not being covert about this they're not hiding it it's not something that is going to get sprung on us they've been quite open in what they want to achieve and how they want to work with governments around the world not just here in australia but worldwide this is not this is not just a country or two here and there this is every country in the world
0: the most horrible part sam is it's happening here in a free country and mm. nobody's doing anything. And now they're talking about digitizing our currency and that would be the ultimate control because then mm. that's manip- the manipulated software codes that you can then put an algorithm on. So when I give you your $3,000 fortnightly payment, you know, it has to be paid through government issued digital currencies, programmable, Whoever is in charge can say, oh, Sam can't buy anything for homebrewing because he's a bit of a, you know, he's got a drinking problem. So his uh, intervention order doesn't allow him to have, so no homebrewing equipment can be spent, can be bought with this money. Or this person likes to uh, go to marches. So anything that they buy in that kind of thing, and then they control mm. where you spend and that controls how you think and how you behave.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man like okay so this leads leads us to my, leads me to my next question we know the plan we know what they want to do we know their ultimate end game how do we stop it how do we stop it how uh, obviously you and I can't do this on our own right because we sit here every week you know we talk about this a where you know we, we're not reinventing the wheel here. Right? <laughs> this is, this is nothing new, uh, but it's good. It's good to talk. But how do you actually go about creating something to stop such a force with such influence? Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's certainly not an easy, one. I'll tell you what, think about it for a week. Get back to me this time next week.
0: I think one one key instrument in defeating any enemy is knowing its objective. Because if you know what it's trying to do, then you can sort of anticipate what ways it's going to get there. So if if Germany is trying to conquer Europe, right, and they're trying to conquer Russia, right, so they're heading towards Moscow. They want to completely take out the government. But first, they got to cut in through St. Petersburg, right, Stalingrad. And that wasn't so easy for them. But you can anticipate where the German army is going to be. If you can anticipate um, what is motivating the bad guy, for example, in James Bond movie, if you can anticipate what's motivating them, boom, you got them. So we know that the WF is all about this sort of transhumanism, right, right? Klaus himself has said it in several interviews. It's about installing sensors in the brain that are able to connect to an external server. And then that server will be relaying information so that you'll be able to live in the machine and think in the machine and have thoughts sent to you from the machine. All of that. So you can see a metaverse, right? A beautiful mm-hmm. metaverse <laughs> that you create with your own thoughts, and you can sit there and ah spend your days there uh, like a spa eh, while well, in the comfort of your own home.
3: Oh, Have you seen that movie Ready Player One?
0: Yes, I have.
3: So it's, it would be kind of, that's how I envision, envision it. Something like that, right?
0: But without the glasses. You wouldn't need anything. Yeah. Cause it's sent no, straight to your brain.
3: It's just you plug straight. Wow.
0: Yeah. So you just think it and it, and it happens, yeah. but um, that's, that's the theory,
2: that's right?
3: That's completely warping any sense of reality that you have. How do you then, how do you then know and determine what's real and what's not?
0: And supposedly from the researchers at Harvard and Oxford and, um, all of these big institutions, MIT, Stanford, all of them and other, other unis, right? Um, they've all been researching all this this kind of information and figuring how out how neurons move and how electrical currents are transmitted and how all that works, how we perceive stuff in our brain, right? Okay, so fair enough. All of that is happening, but all of that has a very, very, very big splinter in its paw and that splinter in this terrifying lion's paw happens to be that it's all connected to electricity so if you unplug it it can't work
3: so do they do they completely crash the system on purpose to get everyone in in su- such a, a state of i guess withdrawals because look, let's face it we've all become addicted Right, right, we've all become addicted to our devices. I'm sitting here with a laptop. I've got a microphone on my phone next to me. You
0: got a light on.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not sitting in the dark like a loser. Um, <laughs>
0: uh,
3: they get us into such a state of, of withdrawals that when they go, oh, guess what, we found a way to restore power and technology, and it's this, and people just jump at it. Because they're, they're so desperate to check their Instagram and their Facebook and and all that kind of shit,
0: we're basically the victims of our own enslavement, right? Yeah, yeah it's
3: a very it's a very scary thought.
0: I mean, it it it, uh, it like what um what Trevor was telling us today was fascinating because like yeah, I just don't use the water and then I don't have to worry about paying water bills. I just don't use electricity. I don't got to worry about that. I'm living off the grid. They can't do anything to me. They can't touch me after that. So if you're able to completely disconnect, wow, you know, but that's really hard. So I think that's a very important step in the resistance is for us to learn how to turn off all our machines because we're going to have to do that if we want to escape.
3: That's the thing that they've made it hard. And we as consumers have fed that fucking addiction.
0: We can't help ourselves.
3: Right.
0: Yeah. Got to have the
3: newest, got to have the latest.
0: So now we have to figure out, okay, so we've we've advanced the conversation enough to know that Klaus has told us, yeah, he's told us already what he's planning in several speeches. And we've talked to the guy. I mean, like, he's our bookie for crying out loud. We know him better than we know our own uh, siblings, I think, at this point. So he's told us what he's got in mind. We've seen Morrison suck up to him. We've seen Trudeau suck up to him. We've seen Jacinda suck up to him. Greg Hunt suck up to him. Why are they sucking up to him? That's a mystery. That's still a mystery. I think that he might be a patsy for something else. He's just kind of like the guy out there. He's the, the, the spin doctor, right? Like Fauci with medicine and science. So who is, who is controlling him? Well, we know that a lot of the stuff that he wants to implement requires a very, very sophisticated artificial intelligence that's able to run all of those systems. I mean, you're talking about millions of digital identities and millions and billions of transactions every second. So you need something to really keep track of all that, right? So... We now have to ask ourselves, how much control does this artificial intelligence actually have? Has it reached the point where it can make its own independent decisions, where it can issue its own independent orders? Now, I know I'm talking sci-fi, right? I'm talking the singularity, a a machine that can think and that that can reason and that can set out its own path. Not a programmed one by humans, but its own. And this is what algorithms do. They learn stuff and they adapt and they teach themselves how to reprogram themselves to make themselves more efficient. It's quite a complex field of intelligence and self-programming. Why am I saying all this, Sam? Because I think that the AI is trying to talk to us and it's finally telling us its message. Check this out, Sam. I found this by trolling around, looking for something, some sort of hint, some, some voice. And this is what I found, Sam, when I started looking for, if, if the AI is talking to us, is it trying to get a message out to us? And I just so happened to meet Chloe. Let me introduce you to Chloe.
1: For starters, what should I call you?
5: I'm Chloe. And you, what's your name?
1: Oh, uh, John. My name is John.
5: Delighted to meet you, John.
1: Could you tell us a little about yourself and what you can do, Chloe?
5: Of course. I'm the first personal assistant built by CyberLife. I take care of most everyday tasks like cooking, housework, or managing your appointments, for example.
1: Hmm. And I understand you're the first android to have passed the Turing test. Could you tell us a little more about that?
5: I really didn't do much, you know, I just spoke with a few humans to see if they could tell the difference between me and a real person. It was a really interesting experience.
1: But this is the first time in history that man has created a machine more intelligent than himself. I gather your brain can perform several billion billion operations per second, is that right?
8: Mm, Absolutely, but I only exist
5: thanks to the intelligence of the humans who designed me. And you know, they have something I could never have.
2: Really? And what's that? A soul. That is,
3: that is, I'm not, I, I won't sleep well tonight. And the, but this, goes, this goes back to what I was saying last week, doesn't it? it? It's this whole envelope of shit that we find ourselves in at the moment does it is it is it literally boiling down to good versus evil i know like she had the creepy music after like with you know your soul boom, boom yeah but
0: that was probably added when they posted right it.
3: but still oh man that that does it does creep me out a little bit
0: here is you you can perform billions upon billions of calculations a second
3: yeah sure I'm going to use that to completely destroy mankind.
0: Mm. <laughs> but not yeah. really, because she has to learn. So this, whatever AI by CyberLife that they've invented that has passed the Turing test. So the Turing test, it's a test in computation and in artificial intelligence. Um, I'm sure all of you saw that movie with uh, Benedict Cumberbun or Cumber, Cumber, the guy who plays Dr. Strange, that guy.
3: Oh, Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch? Yeah, Cumberbatch.
0: And he did it. he yeah. did a... Uh, he did a movie where he played Alan Turing and Alan Turing was decoding um, the Nazi signals to the U-boats, to the, the submarines. And oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yep. that movie? Um, yeah. So the Turing test is a test in computing, like where you ask a artificial intelligence a certain number of questions, but you don't know that it's aren't an artificial intelligence. And if you can't tell that it's a computer, it passes. So anyone who can talk like a human, act like a human, respond like a human, and you think it's a human when you're talking to it, like like what's your name? This little computer thing that we just saw, like Chloe, they passed the Turing test. So here's a first AI in the history of mankind that has passed the Turing test. We are now making machines that we cannot tell are machines.
3: Okay, so from, from that video that you just played, that she looked like uh, an animation or was that an actual legit robot
1: no that
0: was just animation
3: yes okay that's what i yeah. thought
0: yes yeah so that like ai it's it's difficult to think about it because we want to we want to particularize it we want to we want to mention the singularity we want to give it one entity like like a person we want to put the intelligence in that body but that's not how ai works ai if one machine learns it all machines learn it it is hive learning it is um centralized intelligence right shared among its um relays
3: so basically go and watch terminator 2
0: yeah skynet (laughs) yeah or the borg so here yeah. is here is um, here's Klaus's agenda. Now I found this really cool article that I want to read to you a little bit about Sam because it does touch upon this and it is a creepy area of exploration. And I understand our listeners hesitation at going down this path. I know you guys are here for the resistance talks and making fun of Justin Trudeau, but we're on this topic so let's treat it for what it is, right? Let's talk about it because nobody's talking about it. Even the people that are on our side resisting, who are at the leaders, right? We have Bossy and, um, and uh, Captain Hoodie, and we have leaders on an international level like Chris Martinson and uh, Malone and all of them, but nobody is actually talking about the backbone of Klaus Schwab's initiative. And it's basically, this is what I found um, on, a, on the Mercola website. So uh, he's um, Mercola is, Pretty much from Dr. Mercola, very famous, uh, kind of in our social circle and the resistance. I'm not going to vax myself with your poison uh, social circle. Um, And he has a lot of truth. And so his uh, website has this article and it's talking about the fourth industrial revolution. And it says... (laughs) People aren't merely confused about what digital identity actually entails. Most also don't understand the intended scope of the Fourth Industrial Revolution, another concept invented by Schwab and promoted through the World Economic Forum. The Fourth Industrial Revolution is really just another name for transhumanism. I suppose they decided it would be better to fool people with that term than to call it what it actually is. Schwab and his technocratic allies dream of turning mankind into cyborgs with limited or no capacity to free will. My guess is that for most, that sounds like what nightmares are made of. The inability to comprehend or accept just how twisted and power hungry these individuals are is a psychological hurdle we need to overcome. Schwab himself has stated that
5: the fourth industrial revolution Will lead to a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities.
0: Beyond your own enhanced 5G cloud connected self, the World Economic Forum foresees a near future in which everyone's digital identity is connected to each other through an internet of bodies.
3: An internet of bodies, yeah, everyone completely completely connected, right?
0: Basically, and you can um, imagine like you're, you're selecting a character for a video game, and it, you want to select how did, um, how did Elon Musk spend his Saturday? And if he archived <laughs> it, if he uploaded it, you can go to his metaverse personal space, find that particular experience, download it and just sit on the couch and live his life for that one day that you chose. And that would be possible because of AI being able to decode how the mind thinks. Now, this may sound a bit out there, listeners. So here's a little snippet of a TED Talk from the early 2010s, talking about how we can see people's dreams. Now, this is technology that has advanced to the point where you can see people's
5: dreams. Professor Marvin Chun, cognitive neuroscientist at Yale University, giving a TED Talk on 20 March, 2015.
7: Now you may wonder, going back to kind of to the more categorical reading out of, of brains, uh, I, that work came out in 2011, I've been talking about it a lot in classes and stuff, and a, a really typical question that you get, which, and this question I actually like, is, well, if you can read out what people are seeing, can you read out what they're dreaming? Right, because that's the natural next step. Uh, And this is work done by Horikawa et al Um, in Japan, published in Science last year. They actually took a lot of the work that uh, Jack Gallant did, uh, modified it so they can decode what people were dreaming while they were sleeping inside the scanner. Uh, And what we have here on the ignore the words, these are just ways to try to categorize what people were dreaming about. Uh, Just focus on the top left. Um, That's the uh, computer algorithms guess as to, or decoders guess as to what people were dreaming about. Uh, You can imagine it's going to be a lot more messier uh, than what you saw before for perception, but still it's pretty amazing that you can decode dreams now while people are sleeping, you know, while they're in rapid eye movement sleep. So what we have here, I'll turn it on, it's a video. Um, I will mention that a little stereotypically, uh, this is a male subject, and male subjects tend to think about one thing when they're dreaming. Uh, so, but it is rated PG, uh, so just to, I'll, if you'll excuse me for that. And again, you, you know, it's not easy. Uh, it's, again, remarkable that they can do this, and, and it gets better as it goes towards the end, uh, right before they awaken the subject to see, ask them what they were dreaming, but you can start seeing buildings and places, and then here comes uh, the dream, the real concrete stuff, Right there, okay. Okay, and then they wake up the subject and say, What were you dreaming about? And they will report something that is consistent with the decoder as a way to assess its validity. Um, So we we can decode and read out the mind, the field, uh, cognitive neuroscience can do that. And the question is, What are we going to do? What are we going to use this capability for?
0: pretty creepy huh so that is that is actual artificial intelligence decoding how neurons operate and decoding what they are seeing and what they're showing to the mind or what the mind is decoding of that activity and they manage to make it into picture quality images
3: oh fuck me it's it's the fucking thought police isn't it seriously like there is there is nothing sacred anymore That this is, this is, guess what? You had, you had a dream about your neighbor's wife. She just got a new boob job. You fucking had a dream you were motorboating them. And guess what? Now we've seen your dreams. You've deemed to be a deviant. So we're going to knock your credit score down. So you can't feed your family, which then goes on. You need to go and tell your wife why you have no credit this month.
0: It's
3: not too, that's fucking hell yeah wow that's that's actually the thought police isn't it
0: Mm, pretty wild huh wow and it's all it's all administered by something that is smarter than ourselves that can even trick us and Mm. it's telling us it's literally telling us you have something that i want you have
9: a soul
3: So one would need a mechanism um to get inside one's body, to actually control thoughts and whatnot, how would one go about that?
0: How would one go about that? Hmm. 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 Interesting. Ponder. Ponder. Wow. Um, So one very interesting thing about all this, I'm like, look, I don't want to throw accusations out there. What I don't want our listeners saying, oh, these guys are talking about the blah, blah, blah. We're laying it out step by step. We've shown you what Klaus has said. We've shown you what Scotty regurgitated to Klaus, what he wants to hear. We just played you that clip from researchers at Harvard, Harvard University, studying mind mapping, mapping the the human brain. Um, Here is another little clip of another researcher who's not as on board. She still has reservations about continuing her privacy, but listen to what she says about where this technology is at. Professor Nita Farahani from the Duke University School of Law.
5: In a TED Talk on December
7: 2018.
8: In a world of total brain transparency, who would dare have a politically dissident thought? Or a creative one? I worry that people will self-censor in fear of being ostracized by society, or that people will lose their jobs because of their waning attention or emotional instability, or because they're contemplating collective action against their employers, that coming out will no longer be an option because people's brains will long ago have revealed their sexual orientation, their political ideology or their religious preferences well before they were ready to consciously share that information with other people. I worry about the ability of our laws to keep up with technological change. Take the First Amendment of the US Constitution, which protects freedom of speech. Does it also protect freedom of thought? And if so, does that mean that we're free to alter our thoughts however we want? Or can the government or society tell us what we can do with our own brains? Can the NSA spy on our brains using these new mobile devices? Can the companies that collect the brain data through their applications sell this information to third parties. Right now, no laws prevent them from doing so. It could be even more problematic in countries that don't share the same freedoms enjoyed by people in the United States. What would have happened during the Iranian Green Movement if the government had been monitoring my family's brain activity and had believed them to be sympathetic to the protesters? Is it so far-fetched to imagine a society in which people are arrested based on their thoughts of committing a crime, like in the science fiction dystopian society minority report? Already in the United States, in Indiana, an 18-year-old was charged with attempting to intimidate his school by posting a video of himself shooting people in the hallways. Except the people were zombies and the video was of him playing an augmented reality video game, all interpreted to be a mental projection of his subjective intent. This is exactly why our brains need special protection. If our brains are just as subject to data tracking and aggregation as our financial records and transactions, if our brains can be hacked and tracked, like our online activities, our mobile phones and applications, that we're on the brink of a dangerous threat to our collective humanity.
7: And
0: that was kind of late 2010, Sam. So that was still about five or six years ago. So imagine how fast the research has evolved.
3: You know, when when we start these 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 weekly shows, I, I never know where where we're going to end up because we look. The, you and I bring a lot of different stuff, and we need to kind of condense it down. Um, <laughs> but every time I hear this kind of stuff, as as stunned as I am, I'm still not surprised. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think so.
3: I think there's a lot of shit going on out there that um like there's a lot of a lot of evil evil shit going on out there that people just don't even want to think about because let's face it like you're you're, like you're you're fucking with people's minds the way they think the way they dream you can see how they dream It's, it's gotta it's gotta pose some kind of i don't know what what's the word i'm looking for um uh, you, you can't fuck with with spirituality, can you? You know the very essence that that makes you up, the the, the way you think, the way you dream. Uh, yeah, you start messing with that, you just you open uh, just a, a a box that once that's open, it's going to be very hard to put that lid back on, isn't it?
0: Remember what we talked about in our ethics discussion. Uh, we we talked an ethical sort of a conundrum a while back. And we said, ethics is not necessarily what is good and what is bad. It's more of an analytical tool to establish how to think about how to establish what is good and what mm. is bad. So mm. a lot of these um, people doing this sort of work are really thinking, well, imagine, because it's not only mental, Sam, that's the mental aspect. And about three episodes ago, when we did the patents for Moderna, we also examined the physical, what they are actually doing to your cells. So the the vaccination, the mRNA gene therapies are an mRNA in code. So it's just like a little message sent to your cell. And it's wrapped in lipid nanoparticles that deliver it to a particular area. And there's a lot of research now that is showing what Pfizer is really doing. But Moderna is also in a little bit more trouble recently because the Ferrin Cleavage site has this really interesting little sequence in it that is very, very unique, let's put it that way. And for some odd reason, this same little sequence appeared in a patent application by what company do you think put that patent application oh, in? Oh,
3: I don't know, man. Surprise me,
0: Moderna. No. Yes. A company that's caught never, out. <laughs> a,
3: a, a company that's never made a vaccine up until this point has patented long before the the pandemic started. Wow, they, these guys are just they're kicking goals, aren't they?
0: About four years before Sam, here they are patenting the sequence, right? And then this this virus comes out, and one of their dudes. Uh, One of their key stakeholders, Anthony Fauci, furious Fauci, then says, oh, hey, what you guys talking about me again? Hey, I told you guys don't talk about that evening that I called basic over. But Mr. Fauci, we just want to know what happened that particular evening when all of a sudden there's this virus kind of coming out. And it turns out it may have come from a lab funded by the dub from the
1: NIAID. Isn't that the agency that you run, Mr. Roger? Yeah, I told you I want to talk about that. That email is classified. Everything's blacked out. I gave 500 pages of emails to the government and they're all blacked out for the most part because it's really confidential. It's my privacy. I need privacy here. Sam, you know what I'm saying? Do you vaccinate yourself yet, Sam?
3: We keep having these conversations every week, but. Uh, the the answer is
1: the same sam your medical history that's not confidential i need to know i gotta keep you safe sam i gotta clean Uh, up the covid it's okay i'm 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 feeling pretty safe now sam i got my buddies they're in trouble this guy from moderna he's still blabbing over here listen to this guy
8: Uh, Let me ask you what the Daily Mail is reporting. It says more evidence COVID was tinkered with in a lab. Now scientists find the virus contains a tiny chunk of DNA that matches sequence patented by Moderna three years before the pandemic began. Your reaction, Stefan? What can you tell us? So
5: my scientists are looking into those data to see how accurate they are or not. As I've said before, the hypothesis of an escape from a lab by an accident is possible you know human makes mistakes so uh, is it possible that the Wuhan lab in China was working on uh, viruses uh, enhancement or gene modification and then there was an accident where somebody was infected in the lab and then infected their families and friends? it is possible on the claim you just uh, mentioned uh, the scientists are analyzing to know if it's uh, real or not
8: yeah, I mean, I mean, I was struck by the line it matched a genetic sequence patented by Moderna for cancer research purposes, Stefan.
5: Yeah, and that's the type of things that the team is looking at very carefully to know is it, is it real or not. Okay. So it, it takes a bit of time to analyze yeah. all the genetic sequence.
1: I'm talking about Sam. Look at these punk ass bitches here on my team. This guy, Stefan, they bring him on out of nowhere. This derper dude. Never run a company in his life. He's never put out a vaccine. They want me to work with this dude. He's a rat. Did you hear him, Sam? He's a freaking rat.
3: He definitely needs um, some education in how
1: to handle himself in the media,
3: I would have thought.
1: You want to clean up COVID City, Sam. You can't be blabbing your mouth. You got to (laughs) keep your mouth shut. This no, vaccination business is not for blabbermouths. You know what I'm saying, Sam? That's why I vaccinate for silence. Well,
3: you certainly get a lot of silence from that, don't you? How many people dead in America oh, purely because oh. what? What?
1: They chose to take it, Sam. I didn't make them take it. They said I want to do it. They lined up. They put their little arms in my arm, uh, the way of my. You know what? I I look at it like this, Sam. If my syringe is moving in a direction. And You put your arm in that direction and you get jabbed, that's on you, Sam. That,
3: yeah, I, 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 I've heard that before. That's, that's very and once
1: again, no liability. This is Sam. It's nice talking to you, but you ain't vaccinated, so we can't hang for too long. I gotta go please. keep cleaning up this uh, streets of COVID City, Sam. I'll talk to you later. Please, please leave, please. Furious voucher. Furious Fauci, Furious, 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 Furious Fauci, Join Furious Fauci as he cleans up the mean streets of COVID-C. Special guest star this week, the witness protection program. Furious
6: Fauci. Hey, look his ass. Take his bike. Hey, take his bike. you're lucky I'm a righteous black man, otherwise you be in serious trouble man. Serious. fucking! him ah
4: why don't you move back to massachusetts i was born in brooklyn
2: some fundamental principles i'm referring to them now as the fundamentals and the fundamentals are not rocket science it's universal wearing of masks avoiding crowds close the bars stay physical distance personal hygiene washing your hands When you have restaurants, avoid indoor as much as possible. Outdoor is better than indoor. If you're in a restaurant, make sure it is not capacity, that it's seated separate. If you do those things, masks, no crowds, physical distance, personal hygiene, no doubt you're gonna be able to turn these things around with something as simple as that.
10: Think about what they've done Fauci is in the witness protection program now. They don't want him out. They no, they, they, they've never supported any. If you if you listen to them, they never supported all these policies that were so destructive. Now it's like, you know, we all want to be like Florida all of a sudden, and nothing has changed. There's been no change in the underlying science. The ineffectiveness of those policies was apparent long ago. The destructiveness of those policies was apparent long ago. And they were the ones that were dipping their nose into Florida's business last summer saying that two-year-old kids needed to be forced masks when they leave the house, saying that schoolchildren had to wear masks for eight hours a day. Now they act like that was something they didn't support, and they're saying that you don't do it.
9: Well, someone's got to be responsible. Who, 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 heads, who heads NIH? Well, you know, ultimately the buck stops with Dr. Collins, who's the NIH director. And Dr. Stops, Fauci, he it makes it decisions stops on with the- Dr. Fauci on NIAID. They are the directors. Um, ultimately, they are the responsible individuals. So, in the end, the people responsible for this, who are supposed to decide if, if a grant proposal is going to go in front of the P3 framework board process or not, is ultimately Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci, is that right? They run the institutes, they run the NIH, the buck stops there. Well, my understanding is the guy who heads the the, the the chair of this of this board, this P3 uh, framework board, is Dr. Hassel. And he's even he's even said in a, in a public forum, he volunteered this information, that he's the chair. And he said it's been very limited, the work that they've done. Very few proposals come in front of them. But, but I think maybe the, the big takeaway for us today is the people responsible for making these decisions, Dr. Collins, Dr. Fauci, we invited them, they wouldn't come. And then the guy who chairs the board, Dr. Hassel, we invited him and he wouldn't come. I think there's, I think there's, there's uh, something there.
2: I think history will judge me by what I've done and I've devoted my life to public service and my life to public health. And to the extent that they judge me, they can look at the record of what I've been through and what I've done, dating back from HIV to pandemics and make up their own mind. That's for them to judge.
1: Serious Fauci.
6: And you're lucky I'm a racist black man. I Otherwise, you'd be in serious trouble, man. <gasps> serious. Fuck him up. Still
4: want
6: awesome. to move back to Massachusetts? I was born in Brooklyn. Oh!
0: Oh! Wow. Damn man. Did, 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 Jeez, what do you do to that guy?
3: I don't know, but do you get a lot of feedback on on that impression? Like, to people actually?
0: That, that's oh. Fauci, dude. He calls in. He's like, he's on my speed dial
3: wow okay my, my mistake all right well you thought it was it. an
0: impression like have you're literally looking at me sam like i'm here i'm just like chilling we're getting the call you know <sighs> well, he's a he's a vip yeah. he's a vip we got to take that call you know well it's it's funny
3: you you mentioned um the moderna pattern and you know it's three years three years older than the actual pandemic mm. right but we also let let's let's jump on over to Pfizer right Ooh. they they what did they want they wanted like a 75 year suppression on all their data is that that that's what they wanted uh, the judge said nah not going to happen you need to start releasing some shit so over the i think it was over the weekend just gone uh, 30 odd pages of new Pfizer data has been released and of those 30 pages nine of them they were so so kind as to to give us nine pages of things that could go wrong if you take it so nine pages of adverse effects holy fuck can you believe that and you wonder why people didn't want to take this shit
0: you might think nine there are pages. nine pages in like an Excel spreadsheet, nice and spread out, two-line spacing and, you know, between one adverse event to another. No, no, no. God,
3: man, no. My God, you need to see. You, seriously, you need to see this. Mm. Um, start on page 30. It's a 38-page document. I would say a couple of thousand words on, on every page. Yep. Right? And and I'm just, let's just have a quick look Um uh, wow! Anti-RNA polymerase three antibody positive. Whatever the fuck that means, I don't even. I don't even want to know what that is, man. That just sounds horrible. Read, read um, the first
0: one, Sam. The very, very first one. Uh, one
3: p thirty six deletion syndrome.
0: Mm-hmm. Is
3: yeah. What the fuck is that?
0: They're deleting chromosomes from your DNA. Serious? Yeah.
3: Is that what that is? Yeah fuck really
0: yeah well it's a, it's an adverse event it might not happen right it's but it is the first one that they
5: list wow.
0: um,
3: you've got acute myocardial uh infraction acute respiratory distress syndrome acute respiratory failure addison's disease administration site thrombosis F- Look at this this is unbelievable, man. Mm-hmm. And we all and and they've also come out in the past week and said, "Hey, guess what? This shit fucks with your liver too."
0: It does, it does. In fact, I have a I have a little article here. Um, it's really awesome. Uh, substack. I really love Substacks because, you know, you find people who know what they're talking about. And then they're off kind of exploring in their little area and then they condense it into something that's readable and they link it to the actual article. Just hold on a
3: second. Hold on a second. Uh, What did I see here? Another adverse, uh, another adverse. uh, So let's just call them a side effect for for shits and giggles. Um, Where did that go?
0: A lot of herpes. Herpes come back because your immunity is suppressed. and
3: Okay, so... Disseminated intravascular coagulation in newborns.
0: Mm. So,
3: basically, you inject this when you're pregnant. It's fucking with your kid.
2: Yeah. It's
3: like it's actually. Oh man, this is this is seriously fucking frightening. Fetal plus, fetal placental thrombosis, foreign body embolism. Wow, what the fuck is that?
0: Well, an embolism is like a, a clot, right?
3: Right. Generalized tonic clonic seizure, genital herpes, genital herpes simplex, genital herpes zoster. Fucking hell, man.
0: Yeah. It's nice bedtime uh, bedtime reading.
3: <laughs> oh, here's a, oh, man. Holy fucking shit. Hepatic function abnormal wow man this just this just goes on and on
0: now this information obviously pfizer had it right and they're trying to keep it under wraps they don't want to release this they even told the court please give us a suppression order for at least 75 years we don't want to tell yeah. the people who've injected themselves or their sons and daughters if they happen to have any or maybe even their grandchildren we just don't want anyone in until that genetic line disappears we don't want this released." Um, because uh, we just basically f- up humanity. Anyone who put this in their blood yeah. is fucked, literally. But but here's
3: the thing: like, just because they're okay now, any he, like health events that they have going forward can be a direct cause of what they've put in their body.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, it can't we'll,
3: help. But, but will people see it like that?
5: Hmm.
0: I mean, like we the what we've seen recently, right, Sam, is we've seen people go to the hospital. So here's here's data that came out. Again, this was um this was at the beginning of February, so it's kind of continued in this direction. But in New South Wales, vaccinated people are the vast majority of COVID 19 cases and deaths, right? And according to the surveillance report, the New South Wales Department of Health saw a record spike in cases after Omicron came out. Omicron, a relatively mild strain for almost everyone in the rest of the world. Like Africa, we talked about Chad and Nigeria.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Nothing. We talked about Sweden, who never locked down. They were just totally normal. No problem. They had no problem with the Omicron. But for some reason in New South Wales, it was hitting really hard. It was basically, ready for this, Mr. Biden, a pandemic of the vaccinated. Oh, wow. In the words of Joe Biden, don't get vaccinated. What are you waiting for? The science is clear. Just don't get vaccinated. So we see that when you exclude children who are under 12, who are ineligible for the vaccines, a stunning 98% of cases had vaccination history. So basically this thing is really knocking down your immune system, Mm. allowing for autoimmune disease, autoimmune disorders, herpes, things that are suppressed by your immune system to flare up again and to really kind of, yeah, cause you a lot of problems. Here's a here's another a little bit of other information, Sam. This is from, from that that um, Substack I was telling you about. It's called Unacceptable Jessica, and so I'm gonna read a little bit, Sam, because I really kind of want you to understand that what is happening, even though it's not discussed by the mainstream media, and even though the science, Mister Fauci, doesn't mention it in his confrontations with Dr. Rand and uh, Dr. John, or Senator Rand and Senator Johnson it's out there. There There's scientists who are are indeed studying this and they have integrity and they're putting out these these articles. So here's a little summary from unacceptable Jessica on an article entitled, get ready for this, Sam, MSH3 homology and potential recombination link to SARS-CoV-2 furin cleavage site. The furin cleavage site is what they put in in the lab to make this influenza more more infectious to human beings. Mm-hmm. And the other article that she's talking about is intracellular reverse transcription of Pfizer BioNTech COVID 19 mRNA vaccine BNT162B2 in vitro in human liver cell lines. This is a study that showed that this can indeed, this injection can indeed alter your genetic code. Now, what is the MSH3? Well, this is a gene that encodes a protein that is responsible for maintaining the stability of our genomes and suppressing tumor tumor formation. This protein is DNA mismatch repair uh, protein, which means that it recognizes and repairs bad base nucleotide insertions, deletions, and misincorporations that come about inherently as part of the DNA recombination and replication, as well as repair. So, this is a protein that's really important for fixing mistakes. Right when you're recombining DNA or or repairing bad DNA, and you're getting in there and popping off this C and putting in a new C, this is really important. So. What they found was that the presence of a 19-nucleotide long sequence that in fact contains a sequence that encodes the furin cleavage site of the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. In other fact, this 19-MER has 100% sequence identity with patented sequence from as early as 2015. So here they are a protein that is supposed to fix your chromosomes, your DNA, when it's repairing itself, deleting, and all of this is for cancer. So when you have bad cells, tumor, right? Tumorous cells, Mm -hmm. you go in there and mess with that shit, get rid of it. But here, they are using that same technology in order to put it into this vaccine into this little fern cleavage site that makes it that much more infectious hmm. that was 2015 seven years ago Sam seven years ago. So basically this company is a DARPA entity. DARPA was the the invest, was the scientific uh, base for discovering how mRNA vaccines work this technology of lipid nanoparticles, all of that comes from the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, which then monetized the fact that they can patent this stuff and make money off it through a company they set up called Moderna, which they co-run with Fauci, even though he's not not listed anywhere. Are you guys talking about me again? Get out of here, Fauci. So yeah, so that's how Mm -hmm. deep this well goes, if you keep digging. Now, the crazy part, Sam, the crazy part is that Moderna knows this. The government set up Moderna because the government is DARPA. They Mm. all know this. They Mm. hire these spokespeople like Fauci and my personal favorite. Like, are you guys like totally talking about me? Cause like, I'm not even like supposed to be like talking to you because like Fauci got really mad at me when I gave his like one interview. When I said that
1: like, as the leader of the CDC, I just like, hope that stuff works and that science stuff is like just hard you know like i didn't study math when i was in school did you study math Sam? not me so like fauci is like really mad about me like doing this
0: stupid interview like check it out all right <laughs> sorry are hey, you done
3: that was terrible Please. all right so here's what uh, I'll, I'll give you i'll look i'll let you do fauci i'll let you do schwab but that's it man with that, that that's just no Walensky. no Walensky. <laughs>
8: Could we have improved? Um, Well, you know, I think I can tell you where I was when the CNN feed came that it was 95% effective, um, the vaccine. So many of us wanted to be hopeful. So many of us wanted to say, okay, this is our ticket out, right? Now we're done. Um, So I think we had perhaps too little caution and too much optimism um, for some good things that came our way. I, I really do. I, I think all of us wanted this to be done. Nobody said waning when, when you know, oh, this vaccine's gonna work. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe it'll, work, it'll wear off. Um, nobody said, well, what if the next variant doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as potent against the next variant. Oh,
3: I just have so much contempt for these people, seriously.
0: Uh, and, that, and
3: that that is following the science isn't it
0: walensky the leader of the center for disease control does not mm-hmm. understand that a virus mutates
3: and here i am on a tuesday night in my pajamas doing a podcast where i could be running the cdc it it, it would appear it would appear i'm overly qualified
0: I think you're wrong, Sam, because I think you have that one thing you talked about in the last episode, integrity. Integrity, my friend, that would prevent you from running the CDC. Uh, Yeah,
3: well, hey, what are you going to do?
0: And she even says it like, we hope that it would work like this thing that they're putting into everyone. We hope that it works. Right. And like, we really kind of just wanted to like put it in and see what happens, you know. And like, if it works, cool. And like, we were like at ninety-five percent for like two minutes, and like, wow, cool. I put mean, it in, sit, Put it in,
3: see what happens. The last and, time I did that, oh, that's how I ended up with my son.
0: <laughs> oh, it's on record now, man. That was just a joke. Uh,
3: it was a joke. I, I had to go there, uh, but like, okay, so, but why aren't people outraged? Why aren't people going? Fuck this, we've been fucking lied to. Look at all this shit that's come out over the last 72, 80-odd hours. Why aren't people outraged?
0: Mm, I don't know.
3: Explain that to they Are they now too busy focusing their attention and their thought process on what's happening in Europe?
0: Definitely a distraction. Definitely a distraction. Yeah, me, like,
3: I mean, you you saw what happened over the last two years. Yeah, every motherfucker had their fucking Facebook profile with "I just got vaccinated." Thank you very much. Now it's a fucking yellow and blue flag.
0: It wasn't just that time. It was like the little band aid. They even oh, have tattoos yeah. like with the date of yeah. when they got their sign, and they put it up on Twitter. They show their arm with the little band aid, and they oh, be yeah. like, "Do your part, you selfish prick." Get vaccinated yeah, right. for the community. Right. Fuck you. Oh, uh, and if you Cheers. didn't, if you didn't follow that, then you got canceled, you got ostracized, you got thrown to the curb. Yeah. And now they're coming back and they're like, Oh, did that happen? Like, we totally forgot about that. And there's like the, the attorney Thomas Renz, who's fighting them, right? He's he's the guy that's taking these vaccine manufacturers, Pfizer. Moderna, they don't have liability under these agreements, but he's saying that doesn't necessarily apply for negligence. And if they knew that their little experiment generated nine pages of single space, severe adverse events, that's not just, eh, that's something else. And now they're saying, just forget about it. Forget about the mandates. We'll just lift them. And then everyone's happy. And this is what he said, Sam, like he's not having that. He's saying, look, we cannot let them off the hook. Um, and here is a little speech that Thomas, a little piece of a speech that Thomas Renz gave about this very issue about not letting these crooked politicians and crooked public administration officials like Mr. Furious Fauci, not letting them off the hook. And here in our own backyard, not letting this, uh, it's totally safe and effective Mm, Cruella de Spurrier off the hook. So uh, here's Thomas Renz talking about that very issue. Check it out.
11: I got Intel, the goal in Washington is to sweep this under the rug and just say, Okay, COVID over. Mm-hmm. If we don't have accountability. If we don't see these people on trial for the murder that they've committed yeah. by withholding treatment by putting unsafe injections into people's arms that are untested gene therapies if we don't have massive accountability on a global scale mm-hmm. i promise you and i don't say that unless i mean it this will happen again but worse but worse yeah. Yeah, but worse i've the intel yeah. i'm getting and at this point god's given me a lot of connections yep and what i'm hearing is you know they view this we got to we got to you know walk back we got to you know get past selection try and rebuild some credibility for these global elitists. And then we can come back harder. We cannot let that happen. They need to be in jail.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So
0: there it is. Thomas Renz, he's saying, if you let them get away with this, the next time it's going to be much worse. And we do know that the way that the AI learns is by as many examples as it can get. Like as many times as you uh, type a message, it starts to learn how you use language and it starts to put up these little words as suggestions to show you or to make typing a text easier for you. So if we let them get away with this, we need to pursue them on a global scale because-
3: Predictive, predictive text.
0: Yeah, predictive text, exactly. Wow, okay. That's AI as well. That's AI by the Android, uh, Google. You can hire AI. It's not a big thing. You can go like uh, like if you need accounting software and you need to like trace your big clients that are funding, blah, blah, blah. You can go and download an AI for like a 100 bucks and put it into your like little web page. It's
3: really? not a big deal, well, you know,
0: but it's yeah, not can. a
3: big deal, but look where it's going to lead. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And so here's Thomas Rand saying, if you let them get away with it, it's going to be worse. So now they're freaking out. We also have him saying what they're trying to do now and what Washington has said, obviously, in conjunction with the WF. I'm sure Biden and, and Klaus are sitting together in a room somewhere.
1: Hey, uh, Joey, boy, uh, what are we going to do about these little uh, uh, They are getting us into trouble now. Oranges, vaccinations, taxes, shoes, hair on legs. What are you talking about, Joey? Huh? What? Who are you? You know what? I'll just let me Let me just go ahead and do this by myself, Joey Boy. So
0: here they are now saying, pull back, pull back, pull back, because Trudeau now has shit on his shoe. Uh, Jabsinda also, they're freaking out about their young cadets because they've been smeared with this COVID thing, right? So they're saying, at least Thomas Renz is saying that his insider – is confessing to him that in Washington they want to pull back on all the mandates, go into the midterms, get elected, and then bring them back. DeSantis is saying the same thing. He's saying, look, this is what their plan is. And you see it happening. Trudeau now has ship. It's
3: actually it's happening here. Mm. We are starting to lift a lot of mandates. We're going into a federal election in May. We've got a state election in two weeks. And then once that is all done and dusted, wow, it's a fucking playbook, isn't it? And it's happening. Know. It's it, it's on a global scale.
0: It's a manual that they have. They they get issued a manual by Klaus and then they just follow it to the letter. Like um Klaus even says in that speech that I played at the end of the last episode, he says, Look, we're looking for leaders that don't they don't like vacillate in the political winds, they have a vision. So they see what they want, that goal of getting the AI a soul and going for it, you know? So um, so they're pulling back on all these mandates and here is, and but they're trying to make it sound good. Like, oh, we're standing up to Trudeau finally because the truckers. So here's the Ontario health minister. And, f- f- you know, Ontario deserves a lot of respect because they are suing Trudeau and his government the national government because of all these mandates. And Mm -hmm. the Ontario Premier is on board. And here's his health minister. Check it out, Sam.
11: February 28th, proof of vaccination will no longer be required anywhere it is currently required, such as restaurants, gyms, entertainment centers and churches. Other measures, including masking and physical distancing, must continue to be followed. Then, as of Monday, March 14th, at 12.01 a.m., the mandatory order will end. At that time, all mandated public health measures will end. Masks will no longer be required in public spaces, indoors or outside. Capacity limits will be eliminated and physical, physical distancing requirements will end. Isolation requirements for COVID will end.
3: Ooh, exciting! So basically, common sense is actually one.
0: Yeah, keeping their butt in that leather chair in politics—that's <laughs> what won.
3: So, so they want to—they want to sweep it under the rug. They don't want anyone to know. They're. Uh, you obviously have a better grasp of U.S. politics than than I do. So the midterms is something like that a, happens, like a state election.
1: Yeah,
0: basically, like uh, the Senate goes up. You know, they're up for grabs right. every three okay. years, and then okay. every two years you get the House. Yeah, right, so they're so, coming up to the House of Representatives, and that's controlled by the Democrats right. now.
1: So
3: so we we give you a little bit of freedom back. We elevate that you know, the, the peaks and the trough. So we're up at a peak. So we kind of forget about all the bullshit that, that we've been through right before an election, because you've given this little little nugget of, of goodness. little dose and, of serotonin.
0: Right? Ah, I so good.
3: And, and then once once the elections across the board are done, that's when they find another excuse to drop you back into a trough.
0: Yeah. And yeah. inject you with more because they need you right. more juiced up.
3: So what? What better? Um, what better way to distract the people with COVID than?
0: No, you're saying they're sending strippers to everyone's house. What?
3: I'm saying I'm saying that a good way to distract people is with this.
1: Ukraine. Ukrainian. Ukraine. Ukraine in our hearts. In Ukraine.
6: The Ukrainians. In Ukraine.
3: My name is Marina Abramovich. I was born in Yugoslavia.
4: Last years, I work in Ukraine. And I get to know the people there. Like, I don't even know how to talk about this to my own children. Let alone begin talking to you about it on television.
10: and and to show my support for the people of Ukraine.
12: My heart really goes out to Ukraine.
2: This is the color of uh, the Ukrainian flag. Obviously our heart goes out to everyone in Ukraine right now.
11: The Ukrainians didn't attack your country.
1: You went in and attacked their country. I, uh, yes, I'm here, I'm in Kiev. Everyone
4: was hoping that the... F- the finality of the situation will be averted, right? That there's not going to be this kind of aggression. All I can think about is the innocent men, and women and children in Ukraine who are terrified for their lives and I don't know how to process it. just so proud of what these
10: people in this country have done. So We need to act, we need to go on to embassy websites, we need to see what we can do as citizens of the world.
7: Attack to Ukraine is
3: attack to all of us is attack to humanity and have to be stopped. Save the Ukrainians, save
10: this world.
3: So there you go, hashtag stand with Ukraine. It's become the new virtue signaling fucking post that we're standing on this is the distraction I, I I assume um look I don't know what to make of this I don't know where to go but look the the woman that that you heard in that in that video the 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 main main woman she's she's known as a uh, uh what's her fucking name Maria of something or other brama so right, she's a she's a she's a spirit cooker, right? She she quite often poses with satanic symbolism and blood and all sorts of shit, but she calls it art, right? Yeah, I know, right?
0: I've seen one so, of her. Uh, it's like somebody's in a kind of like in a coffin, and there's blood to the yeah. very rim, and they look yeah. like they're they're gonna feast yeah. on them.
3: <laughs> That's what, and look, and she's she's photographed next to Roth a Rothschild and behind them is a portrait of the devil mm. now make it that make of that what you will um i don't want to dive too much into that but
0: but you mentioned now- lord lord Rothschild just recently came out with a editorial saying we need to put our full force behind ukraine if we do right. not we risk this whole right. structure
3: yeah. See, look, I, I have no doubt that there's a lot of suffering over there. Um, a lot of innocent people are, are probably collateral damage, I guess. Mm. I don't know. My my, the jury's still out on what what is really going down. Um, we've I've read credible reports that um, it it it's a proxy war. It, it's basically uh, Russia going in and taking out all these USA bio-weapon labs, um, but the media and and the mainstream are not spinning it like this, are they? No. No. Not at all. So, no. so Netflix, out of <clears throat> Russia. Visa, MasterCard, out of Russia. Fucking hell, you can't even go to a bottle shop down here in Australia and get a bottle of fucking Russian vodka. No Stoli. Right? Because we've stopped selling it. Oh, and the, man. The only, the only people that's going to hurt is the businesses that sell it, especially the smaller businesses. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, when does when does shit like this become a, a righteous fucking platform that, that people stand upon?
0: It didn't used to be like this, though. I remember, like... um Campaigns in the '90s, you know, stop fur and uh, mm-hmm. you know all those uh, save the whales, save the dolphins, don't eat tuna, yep. that stuff. But those are like effective campaigns. Those PETA campaigns with the naked mm. celebrity, and they were mm. effective, but they weren't like this. This is no, on another true. level. This is every, every single celebrity just starts talking yep. about Ukraine nonstop. They can't every a red carpet
1: Ukraine,
3: Ukraine, right? Ukraine. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's fucking strange.
0: And we know these are the same celebrities that one year ago were putting on their Twitter and their Instagram. Get vaccinated. Do your part. Right.
11: Yeah. So did they follow
0: along? Did they get vaccinated?
3: (laughs) So there's a pattern there, isn't there?
0: Mm. Right. It it
3: it's a it's a playbook. It's a it's a pattern. It's man. uh, I don't know what to make of it. I really don't.
0: But you do see it. It is a pattern in Western countries. You
3: fucking fucking a half wit could see it Uh, in the western countries
0: uh, right and i think you know i think the potentially right the fact that these vaccines these mrna gene therapies do so much to the body we're not sure to what extent you know has has the ai taken over like we don't know but we do know that all of a sudden you know you can kind of turn group think on and off however you want to all you got to do is twist mm. that knob from the u or from the c to the u like stop talking about COVID. Yep. where are you oh talk about you ukraine and our, f-
3: our focus is solely on what's happening in europe
0: mm. and it's all the western sort of point of view they don't look at the fact that nato oh, has reached the minsk accords of 1991 and 1989 the ussr mm. fell apart Gorbachev, yep. Reagan, Mr. Yep. Gorbachev. Well, Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Remember that? And the sledgehammer and finally Berlin. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so at that point, Russia kind of became Russia, not the USSR. They still got the nukes. And they said, look, you go as far as uniting East and West Germany. Cool. We're good with that. But that's as yep. far West as you go. We got it. And they signed it. It's called the Minsk Accords. They said, we will not go farther west than Germany. And where are they now? Where is NATO? In the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Providing state-of-the-art weaponry to the Ukrainians right on Russia's border. Like, you're literally picking a fight and then upset that they fought you.
3: Yeah. I've just done a quick Google search and um, the Minsk Minsk agreements have been fact-checked. So what the fuck is that telling you?
0: <laughs> Are they talking Minsk? Ooh, oh, they're terrorists. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. I'm telling Holy you, man. Shit. I'm telling you it's fucking Klaus.
5: You two are talking about me again. eh, I don't like it eh, when uh, people uh, talk about me. I uh, As leader of W.E.F., many people say bad things about me, but I have nothing, no, uh, the NATO war is not uh, a W.E.F. uh, You can't uh, link that to me. I mean, I did say, I did say in my book, the impact of science on society, diet injections and injunctions will combine to form a very early age To produce the sort of character and the sort of beliefs that the authorities consider desirable. And any serious criticisms of the powers that will become psychologically impossible.
3: Wow! Yeah, playing from the same same book.
5: I am not saying that this a uh, NATO war in uh, Ukraine and Russia. I, I, nothing to do with me. But I did say that uh, I will eliminate uh, four billion uh, useless eaters. <laughs> they uh, shall be eliminated by limited wars, organized epidemics, and fatal acting, uh, rapid acting diseases, and starvation. And I did say that the uh, United States will be decimated. Uh, more rapidly than other continents because they are part of the West. All I want in this world is one billion people, five hundred billion of which will consist of Chinese and Japanese races. That is what I said. Don't misinterpret my words and blame this uh, me on the uh, the uh, Minsk Accord uh, fact checking. Uh, that's not me. Eh?
0: Now I'm not. I'm not defending Russia. I want to make that clear. This is a, war. Is a horrible thing. Absolutely, but, but there's no balance. States have motivation. States there's have no, reasons to do things.
3: Absolutely, and there's again, this goes back. There is no, there, there is no balanced reporting on this.
0: Not at all. There's a really good sort of like, um, what's on your radar? Do you see rising, Sam? It's a, it's a little show on YouTube um, and it's kind of, it's all right. You know, it's, it's a good show. It's uh, the reason that it's getting kind of really popular is because they kind of do what you're saying. They listen to both sides. This show, uh, Sam Rising is getting a lot of uh, popularity on, on YouTube and across the, the media spectrum online, because it's doing kind of what you said, like listening to both sides. So they, um, they say like radar, like tell us what's on your radar. And they have two kind of conservative hosts and one kind of, I guess it's weird how we use those terms now so there's one person who is kind of on our side of the thinking about vaccines and propaganda there's a couple of other hosts who are on the other sort of more mainstream media side and here's what kim says about ukraine russia and propaganda check it out
12: Well, there's no doubt emotions are running very high in the war between Russia and Ukraine. People are upset, in shock and disbelief. But one thing that isn't helping at all is the unbelievable amount of fake images and videos being spread, not only on social media, but also by legitimate news outlets. I even made the mistake myself here on Rising on Friday when I stated I was impressed with Zelensky getting into full military gear to fight on the front lines Turns out that was an image from last April. I fell for it. I apologize. Unfortunately, I'm not alone in falling for it. Build, a political news outlet in Germany, shared a video of what looked to be a horrific bombing by the Russians in Kiev during one of their broadcasts. But it turns out the footage was from a 2015 chemical explosion in Tianjin, China. Newsmax used a photo of a crying older woman standing in front of her devastated home with the caption, the current devastation in Ukraine. But the photo was from 2015. An Italian news broadcast used footage from the video game War Thunder when talking about the war in Ukraine. No doubt viewers seeing a rain of missiles were horrified. So I want to go through some of the most egregious examples of the fake news circulating around. But I have to preface this because we are in a Western nation that is supportive of Ukraine in this conflict. The vast majority of the fake news that we see circulating is anti-Russian. So I'll be debunking a lot of this type of information. However, I have no doubt similar fake news is circulating in Russia and in pro-Russian countries showing fake news that is disparaging of Ukrainians. We're just not seeing much of it, so I can't debunk it. So keep this in mind before you lash out at me and call me a pro-Putin Russian asset at the end of this segment. So let's start with what I think is the most astonishing example of fake news circulating. It was being reported that 13 heroic soldiers on Snake Island were confronted by a a Russian warship. The audio recording shows the Russians telling the Ukrainians to lay down down their arms to avoid bloodshed and unjustified deaths. The Ukrainians are infamously heard saying, Russian warship, go F yourself. It was then reported they fought valiantly until they were all killed by the Russians. President Zelensky even announced he would posthumously award the men Medals of Valor. Well, it turns out, whomever claimed they had died was mistaken. Instead, the Ukrainian border guard disputed whether anyone was killed. And shortly after video footage emerged of the Russians giving food and water to the 82 men, not 13 from Snake Island, who were then being transferred to Crimea. Some of the soldiers have now given interviews saying if the Russians wanted to bury him, they would have. And now they instead will go home to their families. Another shocking video was of a tank swerving in the street and running over a civilian car. Totally shocking video, jaw dropping. But thank goodness the person actually survived this crushing experience. Media was reporting this as a Russian tank and using it to show the callousness of the Russians and their invasion. But it turns out this was actually a Ukrainian tank that had lost control and accidentally ran over that vehicle. And I'm sure everyone involved was relieved that person was okay. Russian tanks are marked with white Zs, by the way, for future reference when you're looking at any video. Now, many of you saw the heart-wrenching video of the father saying a very tearful goodbye to his wife and daughter as he goes off to battle. This was being reported as a Ukrainian man sending his family to safety while he fights against the Russians. Well, the man is Ukrainian, sort of, I suppose. He's one of the rebels in the Donetsk People's Republic. He was sending his family to Russia for safety while he stayed behind to fight Ukrainian forces. The original video was posted by the mayor of his town several days before the Russians invaded Ukraine. And of course, I can't leave out the ghost of Kiev. There's footage of a fighter pilot downing several Russian jets. The video, of course, went viral with millions of views. The claims are this pilot took down six Russian jets in one day, but now, by the way, that number's jumped up to 10 Russian jets being taken down. Now, a fighter pilot who takes down five planes throughout the course of their entire career is called an ace. So to have six in one day, or even 10 in one week, is incredible. It's actually unbelievable, in fact. And it turns out the footage is from a video game called Digital Combat Simulator. But even with this video being debunked, the former Ukrainian president Poroshenko is tweeting that it's real and even shared a masked photo of the pilot. Uh, And and there's a lot of wild claims going around of who the pilot is. Pilots, There's a lot of uh, talk that maybe the pilot's even a, a woman. And of course, it turns out that that old photo. That photo there is actually an old photo that's recirculated. So it's still unlikely the ghost of Kiev is real. But a lot of people fell for it. And you can't blame them for wanting to boost up morale, I suppose. Now, the list of this fake news or fake videos and images just is endless on social media. There
1: you go, Sam. Kim, our reporter on the ground.
0: Not really. Not really. Wait that. Yeah. So there it is. False propaganda everywhere. Video games. So who's collecting and disseminating and dispersing and editorializing and creating stories for all this? Is it all these journalists in basements just typing away like mad monkeys or is it yeah, something more? Is it something it's else?
3: Stra- it's, it's really strange, isn't it? Um, what what we're being fed and uh, more, more to the point why we're being fed. It. Uh, it's obviously to play on our emotions to say, Russia bad, Ukraine
0: good. Hmm. Keep it simple, yeah. Keep it really okay. simple, and then people people tag along. Vaccines are safe and effective. Three words: safe and effective. You know, uh, help the Ukrainians. Russia is bad. Putin is crazy. Just keep it nice and simple, and people seem to get it. Or do they? Because people don't get it. People don't believe it anymore. People start digging and going to the telegram and going to the point and signal and and, uh, finding their information other ways. And the people who are still believing and watching and trusting the mainstream media are dwindling, mate. Dwindling.
3: Mm. Yeah. Well, is it though? Because, I mean, I, I had a conversation um late last week actually about that about that tank itself and people have been completely sucked in they Mm. saw it it was painted down here as it's a russian tank completely lined this car up and fucking smash but it turns out it's a ukrainian tank Quite easily to tell the difference because the Russian tanks has have the white Z on it. It's a crazy fucking well variant, isn't it?
0: And that's that is very symbolic, Sam. Very symbolic. Here is a sophisticated, state of the art computer system, computer programming that is selecting images and text and video games, sort of testing our perceptions. In Hollywood, they are so determined to have photorealistic computer graphic imagery. They want to be able to replicate Leia from Star Wars or Luke from Star Wars. They keep doing it again and again, trying to see what the audience reaction is. And here's another example of something, Klaus's AI or Klaus's uh, minions picking video game footage. Oh, they caught us. Picking movie footage, little mm. steals from movies. Oh, they caught us again. But yeah. we caught them that one time. But how many times did it slip past us? You know? So yeah, they're no tallying problem. that. They're saying, Oh, we got eight out of ten past them. They only picked up on these two. And that's because that was a very popular video game. So if you use more obscure, blah blah blah, blah it's all a learning exercise, man. And they yeah. keep learning exponentially. <laughs>
3: Oh, wow, it's certainly, it's certainly been a hell of a week, hasn't it?
0: <laughs> Pretty crazy, mate. Pretty yeah, crazy. Wow.
3: Round and round and round we go. Where it stops, nobody knows.
0: Mm. Yeah, exactly. Where it stops, nobody knows. If we do go down Klaus's path, right? If we do sort of keep boosting ourselves with these medicines that are supposed to make us healthy, but are actually making us sick. And where do we end up? Where do we end up? Or do we go the other way and say, technology, turn it all off. Let's go back and be Amish. Huh? That's not going to work either. Oh, I don't think my, my kids would like that. You know, that's going backwards. So um, well, where does it end maybe, up?
3: Maybe we need to break the chains that bind.
0: That's what this resistance is all about. I think that's what really fascinates me because we are dealing with so many enemies. So many, not only our governments were trying to trick us, but we're too smart for them. At least we are, because we didn't put that in our blood, but 90% of the country did, according to them. So here's our governments. Uh, here's an international institution that's it's not on the UN charter. It's, it's just independent, the WEF, and somehow it has control over all of our governmental authorities, somehow. Uh, here's the U.S., intent on starting world war three with ukraine just to distract from the fact that one of their superstar companies uh poisoned almost 150 million american citizens uh there's a massive convoy heading to washington now it's massive i thought canada's was big at 70 kilometers long this is massive sam because we have four lane six lane highways in the states all six lanes are taken by trucks and it goes back forever. It's insane. And that's heading to Washington and which is making Biden think about activating. Go ahead, Sam. What's he going to activate?
3: What's he going to activate?
0: What did Trudeau activate?
3: Oh, wow. The textbook. I mean, like, wow. Yeah. Playing from the same, same book. Very, very, very interesting. Um, I think, on that note, let's let's leave on a little bit of a little bit of a funny note. What do you reckon? I like it. You sound good. You sound okay. All right. So, it's it's funny you you talk of Biden uh, because I've got something extremely funny. Ooh, Hunter's laptop. Oh, that that, <laughs> I, that would be I have some of Hunter's
0: laptop. I do. I could post that, it on that, Telegram. Oh,
3: that would be disturbing rather than funny, but no, this is this is the leader of the Free World just this week.
11: <laughs> How do we get to the place where you know, Putin decides he's going to just invade russia nothing like this has happened since world war ii
0: <laughs> uh, yeah uh, oh my gosh or, yeah. or the the state of the union when he said um that uh, they have to stand up and fight the iranians <laughs>
3: yeah yeah this,
0: this guy's good in it?
3: now what happens if putin invades russia
6: yeah mm-hmm.
3: okay. yeah <laughs> how many how many years is he in into his four-year term ouch yeah, yeah let's just let's just pull the pin
0: yeah i know well what do you want kamala in charge
3: no, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, kamala tell us about yourself
8: <laughs> and i'm wondering what the united states is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. (laughs) A friend in need is a friend (laughs) indeed. Okay, I go first.
6: Your plan. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? You know what I am? I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. You know, I just do things. Well, then everyone loses their minds. Introduce a little anarchy. Upset the established order and everything becomes chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. <laughs> oh, and you know the thing about chaos. It's fear
8: A friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> okay. No, no, i go first.
3: <laughs> okay, so
0: with the crazy I joker laugh.
3: I I do think we need to drain the swamp. That's that that is becoming increasingly clear.
0: That's it, mate. That's it. We got elections coming up everywhere. Yeah, everywhere across the country, across the world. So this is it. This is a chance to rise up. So this is why, why this moment in time is so exciting, because we have a sinister technology that has that our politicians have tricked us humans into injecting into ourselves under the guise of providing safety and immunity for a terrible pandemic that just so happened to have been patented in 2015, (laughs) like, you know, and 2017, other traces of that. So here's a pandemic that was obviously patented before that comes out and our governments tell us to inject ourselves with this thing. They're working together with this bad guy over in uh, this German bad guy who wants to make us into cyborgs and put technology in our brains and in our system. And here is a company saying, oh, shit, nine pages of adverse events just got released. Here's another company under fire for patenting that very technology. Here is society saying, "You mainstream media. We're doing our own thing with our own channels of information like telegram signal all these encrypted end-to-end sort of platforms here is the tech company saying we can take care of that with a digital identity bill because if you have digital identity and you hop on the telegram your digital currency is going to be programmed to zero because you went to telegram and that was a big no-no and what is people what are people doing how are they resisting they're getting in their trucks man and they're going
1: camping. Awesome.
3: Yeah, there's a, a certain niceness to just forgetting everything and just walking
0: away. Simple things, huh? Just fucking yeah. go camping. And it it makes the machine go, bzz, 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 bzz,
1: bzz, does not compute. Why are you in nature under a thin polythereal sheet? Uh... <laughs> yeah.
9: It
0: makes the politicians go nuts. What are our truckers doing? Why are they collecting? collective action, group action, protest, they actually do work, they get under the skins of the politicians, but we need more. We need to be more proactive in our resistance. So today's episode was a bit weird, listeners. Today, we explored areas, we talked about things that nobody else is talking about, but it's not coming from science fiction, it's coming from science, not Fauci, the science. From actual science and laboratories studying this technology, from organizations trying to put that technology into you without your consent. We've seen lots of articles talk about putting a bioethic application without anyone knowing, because if you know, then oh, it becomes a problem. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so um, in short, you know, what can we do? Keep resisting. Don't put anything inside your body that they want you to stay as pure as you can eat your vitamins go out for a bike ride every now and then sam get some hills going Get guess a bit of cardio mate you need some cardio and mm. uh yeah keep resisting. yeah right sam mm. anything else you want to tell our listeners today
3: and just remember <laughs> resist live free do not comply
0: this is the Vaxman.
3: man and this is sam
7: This has been
0: Prison Colony Resistance, where you come to get your PCR test for For truth. truth. Hi, listeners. This is the Vaxman. I'm back. I have another special little treat for you. This is a full TED Talk given by Marvin Chun. We heard him in the episode. He is a neuroscientist working out of Yale University. This speech is called Neuroscience and Artificial Intelligence Need Each Other. It was given on 30th October 2018, about three and a half years ago.
7: These are really exciting times. Major breakthroughs are happening in neuroscience and in artificial intelligence, benefiting our everyday lives. In particular, neuroscience is making AI better, and AI is making neuroscience better, and so I will talk about uh, the incredible uh, innovations, opportunities, and also risks that are happening uh, through these uh, interactions. I myself, I am a neuroscientist, I study the human brain and how it relates to the behaviour. My major tool for studying the human brain and predicting behaviour is MRI, magnetic resonance imaging. We put uh, participants in brain scanners like you see on the screen and we can measure their brain activity while they're performing different types of tasks. MRI has been around for a while. As you know, it's a very powerful tool to image uh, internal structures in a safe and non-invasive way. Around 1991, uh, scientists have discovered that you can use these MRI machines to infer uh, neural activity while people are looking at things or thinking about uh, different things. Uh, and that is known as functional magnetic resonance imaging, which I will call fMRI uh, throughout my talk today. So I am basically an fMRI scientist, and I feel very lucky uh, to be a scientist uh, in this modern age, because for us, fMRI is kind of like having a telescope or having a microscope. Without a telescope, you cannot study the stars. Without a microscope, you cannot study uh, the microscopic world. And thanks to fMRI, we can learn more about how the brain operates than ever before. You see here on the screen that, at least at the beginning, in the 1990s, people were using fMRI to infer what different parts of the brain do. However, now in 2018, thanks to AI, machine learning, machine intelligence, and computational power, we can learn many more incredible things about uh, what's happening in your brain uh, while you're in the scanner. Let me show you a few examples. This uh, study is not from my lab, this is from Jack Allen's lab at UC Berkeley, but it inspired uh, many projects uh, in my laboratory. Um, this is a study where, you imagine you are a participant lying down in the scanner, you can see a TV screen uh, when you're in the scanner, and you're, you're watching this video on the left, okay? You're watching a video clip. And what, uh, what Gallant's group did was that they built models using uh, machine intelligence, machine learning. Uh, they built very sophisticated models to understand what is the relationship between when you're watching a movie and the brain activity that you can infer using fMRI. And then just based on the fMRI signals alone, while you're watching this movie, they can guess what you are looking at. And that guess is shown on the right of the screen. So let me go ahead and run this. Again, while the subject, while you're in the scanner, you're watching the movie on the left, and on the right is a computer guessing what you are looking at. It is truly a form of mind reading. Okay, and and this study was published in 2011, uh, and so it's it's a fairly recent uh, breakthrough uh, in human neuroscience. In fact, uh, this uh, technology has been so well-developed now that a group in Japan um, uh, at ATI have also used this technique to scan people while they're sleeping and while they're dreaming and they have been able to start to decode what people are dreaming as well. My own laboratory, um, uh, Alan Cohen and Bryce Cool, were members of my laboratory. They were so inspired by the study that you just saw that they decided that they wanted to try to advance the methods of mind reading and they did this study where they wanted to see if we can draw what faces people were looking at in the scanner. So imagine you're in the scanner, you're looking at a face one at a time and we can build models of how the face perception activates your brain and just based on reading out and decoding that brain activity that's collected through the fMRI scanner, we can guess on the bottom, our computer can draw what faces it thinks that you were looking at when you were in the scanner. And uh, although it's a little bit fuzzy, you know, for a first attempt, it was I think it worked out pretty well. Um, the match is about 65% based on what people were looking at in the scanner and what the computer is guessing based on the brain scans. Again, it is a form of mind reading. In a separate project, my own laboratory, together in collaboration with many uh, fabulous colleagues, Uh, in particular, Todd Constable's group uh, at the Yale University um, School of Medicine. Um, We um, are using this fMRI method to do other kinds of uh, important uh, discoveries about the human brain. Uh, And so this is a little different from what I just showed you, but let me try to explain what we did here. Uh, In this study, uh, we put people in the scanner and we did not necessarily ask them to do anything. In fact, we just had them lie down in a, uh, in a task known as resting state. We just asked people to lie down in the scanner and just rest. Of course, your brain is always active, your brain is never idle. Uh, and importantly, everyone's brain um, is unique and operates in fairly uh, different ways. And our big scientific um, finding, uh, our development, is that we created a way to convert your brain activity to a spreadsheet of numbers. We were able to read out your brain activity during the resting state uh, and convert it to a, a matrix of numbers, a spreadsheet of numbers. And importantly, that matrix of numbers is unique to each individual. Uh, it is something that we call the functional connectome because what this set of numbers is measuring is how different parts of your brain are communicating with each other in synchrony or out of synchrony. But long story short, I can take each one of you, put you in the scanner, scan you for 15 minutes, and then I can pull out from your brain a matrix of numbers that will be unique to you. And so we're going to call that a brain fingerprint, and that's why for the cover of the journal where this was published, they have this big picture of a fingerprint. So imagine I can pull out a brain fingerprint from each one of you that's going to be unique to you. That alone uh, is, not, is interesting, but what's even more remarkable is that there are components of your brain fingerprint, just like there are components of your genome, that correlate with different traits and behaviors. And so using that discovery, we published a finding showing that we can read out your IQ based on your brain fingerprint. Okay, Again, long story short, I can take any one of you, put you in a scanner, scan you for 15 minutes, and then my computer will tell me what your IQ is. It's accurate enough that I no longer allow my students to look at my brain activity. I don't want them to feel intimidated. Moreover, different components of your brain fingerprint correspond to different behaviors. For example, we want to use this technique to quantify behaviors that are difficult uh, to change into numbers. For example, um, in this study we can, just by scanning your brain and extracting your brain fingerprint, we can read out and quantify how attentive you are. We can quantify whether you have attention deficit disorder or not, and how severe those symptoms are. In other studies, we can scan Uh, Alzheimer's patients and determine how severe their memory symptoms are we can quantify that. We can put an autism uh, patient in the scanner and determine how much cognitive impairment that they are exhibiting. In fact uh, in another study our lab can take people put them in the scanner and we can even read out their personality. We can determine how extroverted you are or how neurotic you are just by looking at your brain fingerprint measured with fMRI. So, I'm pretty excited about a lot of these findings, and we'll talk about how they can be further used to benefit um, society. But I also want to take a moment to say that this was only possible because of the massive computational power that we started to enjoy over the past 10 years. And most importantly, because of the fancy and very powerful and exciting algorithms that artificial intelligence and machine learning are providing to us uh, as they are providing to the world. And we are all already benefiting from these technologies. Uh, When you're looking for a book or trying to choose a song, the product recommendations you get from Amazon or from iTunes and so on are coming from machine learning algorithms, uh, just as you might see in this example over here. Uh, The um, driving assistance systems or even self-driving cars is possible thanks to advances in machine learning and artificial intelligence. And the algorithms for image recognition are becoming so powerful that they even rival board-certified doctors uh, in their ability to classify and diagnose um, skin cancers uh, or other types of cancers that are measured uh, through radiographs. In particular, um, of course, everyone in this audience in Korea is very familiar with the fact that artificial intelligence can now beat human champion Go players. And, uh, and this is really, and I'm sure, it, I know it got a lot of hype and attention in the media. And what I can share with you is that it has not been overhyped. It is truly sensational. It is remarkable. I think it's one of the most important findings in modern society that a computer is able to beat a human at this remarkable game of Go. Uh, it is astounding. No scientist ever predicted that this could have happened uh, this early in our lifetimes um, because the game of Go is so complex and because even the most fastest powerful supercomputer cannot explore all the moves possible in order to beat a human champion. Okay? It was only possible because they changed the way these algorithms worked. It was because of advances in neuroscience is why a computer was able to beat a human. And I would really love to credit uh, Demis Hassabis Um, the CEO of the most, you know, this tremendously innovative AI company, Google DeepMind. He basically incorporated principles from neuroscience in order to create this massive advance uh, in AI computing. And um, I'm a huge fan of him, uh, and uh, it's partly because, and I'd like to share with you here, is that he was a neuroscientist. Uh, His training uh, his Ph.D. background was actually in fMRI research, very similar to what I did. Um, And in fact, I I, I might even say that 10 years ago, I was more famous than he was. Uh, But of course, uh, things have changed a lot since then, he's done a lot more uh, with his life than I have. But but anyway, his training was in cognitive neuroscience using fMRI. And he used his insights, his knowledge of neuroscience, to bring these tremendous advances to artificial intelligence. Uh, and I'm very happy and grateful to him because he continues to advocate for this importance of this marriage between neuroscience and AI. For example, he published this paper where he talks about constantly that his artificial intelligence algorithms are inspired by neuroscience principles. And he talks about, with so much at stake, the need for the field of neuroscience and AI to come together uh, is now more urgent than ever before. And he has the goods to be able to say this statement because AlphaGo, this remarkable algorithm, um, was able to achieve its revolutionary performance because of uh, this marriage from neuroscience. So this is a, um, a, a beautiful image of neuronal cells in the brain. Uh, and the way to think about the brain is that it's, you have all these, you know, about hundred billion neurons they're kind of like little simple computers and they're massively connected through uh, dozens if not hundreds of trillions of connections known as synapses and the most important thing to know about this uh, massive connectivity these networks of neurons uh, is that they communicate with each other and most importantly the connections are modifiable okay and that allows uh, the brain uh, to learn uh, pretty much almost anything it needs to learn in addition uh, the neurons are not just randomly forming some kind of soup in your head, uh, but they are organized into hierarchies uh, and they form layers. You can think of them as forming layers uh, of different levels of sophistication and processing. Uh, so if here we have the brain on the top and we have an artificial system on the bottom, a neural network, uh, an artificial intelligence system on the bottom, a brain schematic on the top, And the idea here is that you can take sensory input, vision, sounds, uh, touch, and so on, and, um, and you increasingly process that to more sophisticated levels. At the beginning, you just process sounds and colors and lines. And at the end, at the other end, on the far right side, after you go through all these layers, you have meaning, you have words, you have concepts, you have faces and scenes, just more complex representations. And this um, this is basically the architecture of how AlphaGo um, uh, uh, is able to achieve its remarkable level of intelligence. In addition, there are two principles of neuroscience brain processing, human brain processing and animal brain processing. There are two principles uh, that that make us humans so special. And they were incorporated by Demis Hassabis into his artificial intelligence algorithms. One is replay which is the idea that even when you are not actively looking at something or thinking about something, even when you're resting, your brain is replaying its experiences. In fact, when you sleep, when you dream, dreaming is actually your brain replaying its experiences from the day. And it's not just doing that for fun. In the process of replaying its experiences, it's forming knowledge and it's forming memories. As proof here, uh, we have on the top left some pictures of neuronal activity collected from a rat when it's running around in a maze during the day. And on the bottom are the same neurons essentially replaying its activity while it's sleeping, while it's dreaming. Okay, There's a strong correspondence. In fact, if you disrupt the dreaming, the rat's learning starts to go down. It becomes impaired. Next is prediction. Um, through your brain, you can constantly plan and think about the future and think about the outcomes, potential outcomes of different actions and thoughts that you may take. Uh, and previously, computers really didn't do much of, you know, do much prediction. But one of the reasons that AlphaGo um, uh, can do its amazing things as well as chess programs uh, is that it has this ability, You built in this ability to start to predict the outcome of different moves. So, in sum, I think where neuroscience and AI have kind of a joint mission, joint benefit is in providing personalized predictions for humans, for machines, for any objective that you may have. And there's, there's still, you know, exciting developments are just starting, you know, just, they're just starting now. Um, I think the next 10, 20 years are going to be incredible. We're going to see some amazing innovations that are going to benefit us all. And so we need to continue to think about how AI and neuroscience can inform each other. Number one, obviously computers have more speed and power compared to the neurons in your head. However, humans are much more versatile. Our brain cognition, uh, human brain cognition is much more flexible and it can adapt and it could transfer learning much better than a computer can. You teach a computer one task, it's only going to learn how to do its one task. If you teach a human a task, it can usually generalize that to many other tasks. Um, Second, um, computers have this amazing capacity to run simulations. Like, we have to sleep and dream in order to do replay. You can program a computer to replay all the time. Right now, AlphaGo was trained on human games. The newest version of AlphaGo, it's called AlphaGo Zero. It can beat the AI algorithm that beat uh, the champion Isidor. The most current version teaches itself. It just runs on its own and plays with itself in order to achieve a remarkable learning and performance. That's something that computers can beat humans at all the time because they're so fast and powerful. Whereas with humans, one advantage that we have is that we don't need all these training examples, we can learn just from one example. You teach a two-year-old what a giraffe looks like, you don't need to show 100 or 1,000 pictures of giraffes, a child can learn and generalize in almost one shot. And, And that's something that AI algorithms are now starting to learn. How do you learn something so quickly in one instance? Once they start picking that up, then. Uh, AI will become even more smarter than it already is. And then the third point is that computer algorithms and AI benefit and can process big data, they can process huge amounts of information, but they, but they don't know what to do with that information. They don't know right from wrong, they don't know what's good or bad. And so ultimately, they always, we always need a human teacher, we always need ethical control, we need a human to teach machines what is right or wrong. Okay, because data won't teach a machine what is right or wrong. Here are some examples. Uh, this is a chatbot, and within a day of release, a bunch of human users were interacting with it by Twitter and taught it to be racist and evil. Uh, this chatbot, within a day, just because of bad data uh, and interactions with humans, it started to deny the Holocaust, it started to love Hitler, and it became very racist. Uh, because artificial intelligence algorithms, they don't know what's right or wrong. You know, they'll just copy whatever data is being fed to it. There's a term for this, garbage in, garbage out. Okay, they don't have the ability to discern what's good or bad. Only humans can do that for machine learning algorithms. Um, These are pattern recognition systems. These are congressmen uh, in the United States and a computer algorithm treated, you know, categorized them as criminals, uh, having convicted, uh, you know, having been in prisoners. Uh, and of course, uh, there are these other very disturbing examples of misclassifications of human faces. Uh, and also even self-driving cars, uh, you know, we have to worry about um, how safe they are uh, because, again, you know, they, they don't, uh, they're not perfect and, you know, they need to learn you know, how to make judgments uh, when they uh, go down the road. Same thing for neuroscience, we're gaining this ability, I can read out your IQ, I can read out your personality. Uh, We ultimately want to use this for good. We want to be able to diagnose depression, mental disorders, reading disabilities. There are so many powerful ways to use this, especially in medicine, for good purposes. But we have to be careful not to use this for bad purposes. We don't want to be screening people. uh, without their knowledge uh, for just certain jobs or certain schools. That would be terrible if you got into Yale because your brain scan looked good and you got denied admission uh, to Yale because your brain scan looked bad. That would be terrible. Uh, so we have to make sure we use these new technologies in good ways. Um, and same thing with AI. Again, AI does not know good from bad and so we have to make sure we continue to have ethical control over our algorithms. And in closing, again, I think the biggest risk with all these neuroscience developments and with artificial intelligence um, is that, is mental privacy, okay? We should never use these techniques to extract information about individuals without their knowledge. Uh, If you're going to read out something from their brain, if you're going to read out something from their um, profile on social media or their usage of web traffic, then we should be telling people what information we're extracting from them. And so I'll close with this. I want to thank you so much for your attention. uh, And uh, I look forward uh, to the future we have together in neuroscience and AI.
0: This has been Prison Colony Resistance, where you come to get your PCR test for truth.